Hello, John. Welcome to Rocky's Pockets. How you doing? Good, good, Steve. Well, uh, that's all I got to say. We'll, <laughs> we'll leave it this to you. This will be short. <laughs> we'll try not to go down <laughs> too many rabbit holes. This interview and this is going to be short. That's good. Yeah, we'll try to avoid going down too many rabbit holes. Uh, <laughs> so if you catch me doing it, reel me in because I tend to go off on rants. And of yeah, course, just pull, me, just pull me back. Yeah, well, you uh, the amount you talk, I'll Especially pull you back as well. Hear me, hear me like getting mean or mad? Yeah, pull me back. <laughs> just get the last two and say, whoa, Joe. <laughs> All right. Well, Joe, let's kick it off with your bio. Tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Um, I was in the service for 29 years. I retired as a warrant officer. The last uh, 12 years, I was a physician assistant. Uh, What's a physician assistant? It's pretty much the last course an NCM can actually take um, medically. Yeah, but what what, what is it uh, exactly? What For those that don't know what it's a, like a uh, PA no, is. I've always described it, and a lot of people describe it. It's like you're a third arm to a doctor. It's like you're an extension, like a – you have – you can do everything beneath a doctor, but you have to have a doctor to be able to do it. And he can be a remote uh, phone call as well. That's right. Or a satellite phone that, call. On, if you're on a ship or you're in alert or if you're up north doing mines or whatever, it's – yeah, as long as you have – contact and a doctor is covering you and uh the trade is on civilian street now as well right yes it is it's actually expanding quite rapidly since uh, i became a pa okay well anybody wants any more out of that they can look it up um right. so you uh spent 29 years in um always as a medic yes and yeah, uh what year did you, what year did you join 1990 1990, so uh, the start of the dark de decade of darkness. <laughs> Let me tell you. Well, the decade of darkness didn't quite come come at the, the end of the decade, but it sure did hit hit home a couple of year, couple more years later. But yeah, well, yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I wasn't tying into you. I was actually tying into Rick Hillier, his uh, statement of the decade of darkness for the forces. Oh well, yeah, the, the dark years. Okay, I agree. Yeah. So uh, tell us, what tours were you on? Uh. In 1992, um, I was called up uh, to go with the Airborne Regiment to Somalia. Wow. Yeah. And at first, I didn't even know what Somalia was. I'm going to be honest. I was like, I hung up going, where the hell's the Somalia? But anyways, I figured it out. And I was like, geez. So then we had to show up um, the following Monday. And it was, it, it, I was excited. Don't get me wrong, obviously. First I had tour. a lot of my, my buddies back at the unit were a little ticked because we had an airborne evac but yeah. what they needed was and i i hate admitting it they needed the stats for women yep and, and that's how i got bumped we'll change the subject i'm very there. sorry i know you guys are very bitter <laughs> <laughs> my boys were bitter i was like oh but anyways we it was good i had some really strong women um were you on board a ship or where were you no i was uh in the right in the middle of the dirt uh, yeah, I was really with good, strong women, and um, Rebecca Galthorpe, actually, sorry, she's a general at Patterson now. So she was like our little, our mentor. All right, and, and uh, not not to yeah, go too I, deep down the rabbit hole of Somalia, where else did you no, get, go on tours? No. But that's one of them. And then, uh, yeah, coming back from that, I was just, I had, I guess I, I'd call it bitter, but irrelevant. Uh, not even, I think it was 13 or 14 months later, um, I ended up getting called up and out of my actual summer tasking to go to Rwanda. Yeah, how was that one? Eh, 
it was fast and furious. It, it, as I look back on it, it was just like, what the hell happened when we got on the plane um, to go home? Uh, not a good one. Were you living conditions and food better than uh, Somalia, I would imagine? Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we were on rations the whole seven months we were in Somalia. I think we cleaned out rations across Canada, to tell you the truth. <laughs> um, you were how long in Rwanda? Uh, just shy of four months. And you guys, you were part of what, a field hospital or a... Yeah, the, the three, actually, the three, two field, like two field amp, five amp, five... Five amp to camp. And five M to camp, yeah, sorry. <laughs> and uh, one field M from Calgary. We sort of all amalgamated literally between within 72 hours. Yeah, threw a pretty good group of people together in a short time. It um, was. It was almost like we were pulling off a Majid. Uh, it was almost like we're just throwing Canadian field hospital stuff, you know, cross your fingers, it's in there. And we just, off we went. And I, mm -hmm. looking back, I was actually very impressed with the organization within such a short time. Right. And you were, you were uh, there how many months? In Rwanda, just over three months, I think. Yeah, it, was a, it was supposed to be a short-term mission in the, uh, as well, wasn't it? That's right. And I think one of the aspects of being such a short mission have caused a lot of people's um, issues after the tour because you almost felt like you were leaving and you weren't done. What do you mean? You know, what, 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 uh, what was your original mission and what do you mean by you felt like you hadn't uh, finished the mission? Well, our mission was to actually be there as a medical medical unit to um, assist with people coming back into the country after the genocide. Like the Tutus so, and the Hutus? Yeah, wonderful people. Tootsies and and uh, they never really bothered us. But um, yeah, so in the surrounding area, once word got out that there was a medical medical uh, area that they could go to, we, we, were, we were pretty much swamped, pretty much the day we opened. Well, you guys got on the you guys got on the ground. How long after the major part of the genocide uh, occurred? I think it was sixty to seventy days. Okay. I don't want to. I don't want to put exact. I don't want to put exact name name to or a date to it. But it's yeah. I think it was you know two months probably. And somebody will probably look it up. Ah, she's wrong. It was four. But anyways, I don't know. And uh, you said that uh, it felt like the mission wasn't uh, finished and it caused a lot of problems. What kind of problems are you talking I, about? I think, because we were all, we, I remember us all feeling the same way, because the people were still lining up. And you guys were, were pulling poles to leave. We're, yeah, we're looking out at them thinking, well, we're closed. And it was just like, I didn't, it didn't feel like we should have been. Right. We should have stayed longer. Don't get me wrong, I'm glad it wasn't longer, but the feeling going home was that we should have been there longer. And uh, like it didn't finish your job. You were dealing with all age groups as well, eh? babies to you were delivering babies yeah, as well. Yeah, well, we were, we actually a lot of us got to um, deliver babies, and yeah, all the women obviously found out that we were there, and oh yeah, ba pregnant women were coming in once the word got out. Yeah, so you mentioned uh, leaving early. You felt you hadn't finished the mission and that it caused some problems. What do you mean by it caused problems? I think it's just it's I don't know. We, everybody was very very quiet coming home. It was, um, it's not like, you know, leaving Bosnia or you're like, woohoo. It, it, it didn't feel like that. I didn't, in the surrounding, the atmosphere, it, I didn't feel that. I can remember that part. There's a lot I do not remember, but that part I remembered. I remember coming home thinking, well, we weren't done. Right. And that's, that's just how I felt. And that bothered you for some time, did it? Yeah. And then I got over it. 
Well, again, I at the time <laughs> I got over it. You thought so you were I over it. it. Yeah, soldier on. Yeah, so you were diagnosed with PTSD. Yes. And you related to uh, that tour in particular, or were, were there other tours you were on? Um, I would say it's a it's a blemish of uh, Somalia and Rwanda. Okay. And I went to Bosnia. I, don't want to, I was on a good part of Bosnia, so I didn't. Ha, I didn't. Uh, have, there was no real, you know, excitement when I went. So no, no threats. Nobody's rioting. Nobody's throwing rocks or taking shots at you. No, 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 not at all. I was in a good spot in Bosnia. I'm very lucky. Knock on wood. And I, I feel for the people that were there when it wasn't good. Uh, and then um, I thought, Jesus, Joe, you're getting old. So I thought I better start, you know, having a family. So then that's what I did. I had my two girls, and so I really, I don't want to say I lucked out, because at the time I didn't feel that way, but I never really got to Afghanistan. Well, so you were, you were, yeah, Afghanistan was was a hell of a tour. Uh, it's, yeah. It doesn't compare to our earlier ones. Um, but there, we nearly went down a rabbit hole, Joanne. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Skip the rabbit holes. So uh, you, I'm jumping. You uh, you were diagnosed with PTSD uh, how, when? I would say 2009. So quite some time. After, yeah, after, well, now looking back, that was when someone said I had it. Right. But, but looking back, it was, I think, um, one of my buddies, one of my buddies' deaths. Uh, that really got to me, and I and I, I thought, I just, how I thought I was thinking at the time, I guess, but I'll just you know, fight through it, right? Like get through it and you know, it's, that's but a while mentality, get through it and carry on. And we did. Well, what but we were, kept so we were kept so busy. What were you get? What were you getting through? Getting through like uh, how you felt, you know, how it made me like. And, and what were you feeling? Uh, the, like it was the first step in a ladder that I thought something, something's wrong. You know, I, I'm not supposed to lose my friends here. Right. And uh, it's, I just said something's wrong and no one's doing anything about it. But I'm not going to come, like I had that, I'm not going to go forward and let them know that, yeah, I feel this way and that feel, that way. I, I had that mentality, just keep on going. You, you don't, to me, it doesn't sound like you, that it sounds like you had a, a mixed mash of emotions. You weren't just yeah. depressed or angry. You, you had what? What were you experiencing? All of it: depression, anger, uh, anxiety, lot of drinking. Yeah, anxiety, jumpy, right. uh, jumpy. It's weird, the weirdest thing. That my kids learned very fast and furious. Like, do not scare me. Hypervigilant. Very, 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 and also withdrawn at the same time. And did you? Did this develop? When when did this develop? Like when when, when was I, when were you starting to notice these things? Rwanda was almost like a year after. So there was a year of pondering Rwanda and pondering what what you thought was a did you think it was a failed mission or you were failing in your mission? No, it wasn't a failed mission whatsoever. I, okay. I just, yeah, failed in my mission. I wouldn't, or I, I don't really look at it that way. It's just, I look at it the way as if we didn't finish. Right. So but the one, the way Petawawa goes is you come back and you're so busy. They throw you right back in. And I don't know if it's a godsend or 
it, it shouldn't be because you, you, these feelings existed, but you just kept shutting the doors on them. Right. Like you don't go to the MIR, you don't go to the UMS, you don't do those things. Why weren't, why wouldn't you do those things? Was there a professional stig, stigma about it or? Oh, especially was, being medical. Absolutely. And when I was at one RCR UMS, especially like the guys would come in and they would say, can you get me this? And I'm like, come in. They're like, oh, no, no, no. And I'm like, I know how you feel. You just don't want weakness showing up in paperwork for one thing. Or weakness. Because the mentality was, this is going to get you and they'll kick you out. And that's exactly how I felt and a, a lot of people around me. Yeah, and I, I would say with some caution, I think in the early days, you know, uh, up, to about, well, up to about 2000, I think by 2000, we were starting to talk about PTSD a little more. And certainly by the time Afghanistan had rolled, finished up in about 2014, um, PTSD was much on the radar. But yes, it, it wasn't yeah. really discussed when you were you were a young medic. No, God, no. And not even not even given it. It, it almost like it didn't exist. And any any feelings that you were having that you didn't recognize as PTSD, you just chalked it up to saying, I got to keep this under under control. Yeah, just carry on. That you, was always what goes through my mind, what went through my mind. Carry on. Did you fear career repercussions or just expulsion yeah, from the military? One, that was one. Yeah, yeah. I was just very, very keen and keen at the beginning of my career. So I just, just go, 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 go. Right. I remember. <laughs> I've known <laughs> you for all that part. <laughs> I didn't stop. I just kept going. So how how did you end up dealing? How did you deal with it? You didn't realize you had PTSD until it wasn't diagnosed. Till when did you say? Uh, yeah, the true written down on paper, uh, 2009, but I was seeking help, um, prior to that. Yeah. Oh yeah. 2005, 2004. And you were, I thought I was going for work related issues, family right. issues, or that's how I felt. Why I, I agreed to even go see mental health. Right. And well, I, who, who sending... sorry, Joe. But who, yep. who suggested you go to mental health, or did you figure that out on your own? My uh, GP. She was a civilian. She was military, but uh, I had her from the very beginning of my posting. Okay. And so she watched me, and she, uh, for some reason, I could talk to her, but then, well, you should go to mental health. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> you know, and then don't go to the next appointment, or no way, I'm not going. And then uh, I finally said, fine. And then the poor lady in mental health, well, she had a heck of a time with me because I was just like, no, yeah. And I wouldn't answer any of the questionnaires properly because I didn't want them to think, oh. <laughs> just, it was absolutely event. ridiculous is how I felt. And, and then uh, and being a medical type, it didn't. Uh... Oh, yeah. We get, we get chewed up and spit out as far as I'm concerned. You know, if, and the, it's unfortunate that we could get our medical care in the background. Right. Right. You know, like, shit, I just needed stitches, and here, yeah, 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 Rob Lowe, like, here, do them up. Right. Like, our medical care, I'm not saying it was awful by no means, but it really wasn't very well documented. Yeah, I would say a few of my things uh, over the years didn't get documented at all. But I, yeah. you know, I saw guys going, what the fuck? But anyway, that's a side note. And um, then we also, and then was a, well, when I was a med tech, I remember always hearing stuff like, oh, my God, is he back again? You know, and then you get that mentality. Well, yeah, he is obviously going to fix him in the first place. Right. That was always my, my mentality. But you always heard stuff like that. And that's why I feel for the similar, especially when I was at one RCR UMS. That was, I was there the longest and it was just like, come on, you know, and 
days were gone when you just passed medication through the window. Right. So you were feeling angry, depressed, uh, a number of other things, and you were drinking, drinking more. So oh, yeah. you identified that and you went to your doctor and she said, get you some mental help. Yeah. And so what was the mental help you received? Excellent. I'd have to say I've received excellent mental health. At first, it took me and it took a, she was, she was going to tear down like three layered brick walls is what she, I told her right from the beginning. I said, you have a big job to do. Psychiatrist or a psychologist? Yeah, or? Psychi- psychiatrist. Okay. And she goes, I, I, I'll get you. And then when she said that, I was got my back up. No, you're not. You know, it was ridiculous. Like I'm looking back and it almost took a year, uh, to, to break me, I suppose, I guess. And, uh, I finally started realizing that a lot of things that happened, you know, within the years after the two tours, I was like, God, yeah, I guess so. And I started realizing, yeah, this, this is what really. And then, you know, and then all of a sudden it hits you and you're like, really? Like after all these years, really? <laughs> like, <laughs> and as, were you surprised as a medic, you didn't pick it up sooner yourself? Yes, I am. And uh, that's been proven by other medical people diagnosing yourself is the worst because you'll find excuses for absolutely everything. It's like a uh, lawyer that represents himself in court as a fool for a lawyer. That's right. It's the same as a medical person diagnosing themselves. Yeah, like at the time I was teaching the PA course and hear us complaining about brittle nails and dry skin and thinning air wall. I should know what that was and I didn't. And then it would be like, I'm not seeing myself as as an injured soldier whatsoever. Currently. Yeah, that's right. No, now I am. I know okay. I am. I've, I've come to terms, obviously. But at the time, um, time you didn't. No, not at all. Hit it all the way. So you got uh, sent to a psychiatrist for PTSD. Took about a year for the for the psychiatrist to get through and what give you effective treatments. Yeah, and like I gave her a peephole, and you know, at first she said, "Well, let's try this med," and I'm like, "Oh, here we go," <laughs> like that's and. It took a long time. Actually, it took about till last year, actually, the beginning of last year, that they get my meds right. Okay. Um, and everybody around me knew they got my meds right. Because <laughs> you, well, you were squared away more, again. Yeah, I was, yeah. Oh, my God, there's Joe Gedge's back. And every time I hear that, I'm like, where the hell was I? What uh, What else in the combination of drugs did they, uh, did you do? Like, did you get any mindfulness tour? Uh Teaching, I or... got yeah. I didn't work for two years. I, I, I left work and uh quite abruptly, and I didn't go back, so I was still in the military, <clears throat> excuse me, for two years before I actually retired. So I retired in two, 2007 or two, sorry, 2017, and uh, I'd say all the my mindful awareness, um, all of that, I got. In those two years, and in the past five, I've been doing a lot of Wounded Warrior um, things. The one that uh, got me... Let me interrupt again. You're doing a lot of Wounded Warrior things. Are you doing that to um, assist you with with dealing with PTSD? Yeah. Oh, yes. So how did you get involved? What did you do with them? Did you take up a sport? Um, Actually, someone called me up and they said, well, you'd be um, really good in this this new program that they have. And they'd been already running it for about a year. And it was the VTN. And they'd have them for women and they have them for men. Well, right there, I was stick my hair stands up in the the back of my neck thinking, why are you segregating us? Because I hate that. (laughs) 
But uh, anyways, I, uh, trust me, in the end, I knew why. But I went, and it was something like three or four weekends that you went, and you, you know, and I thought, oh, my God. Didn't no, I don't know. What did, what did you do? I'll tell you. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. I'll tell you. You got me. Yeah, this, so anyways, I drove. I went, it was at the Thousand Island Summer Resort down there, and I said, yeah, let's go. So I drove around, and we had to be there by 11 p.m. at night the Friday, and I, I got there at 11.01. <laughs> and I sort of giggled because there was three others that got there at 11.01. So first I thought, oh, I'm not alone. And then uh, all I kept fearing was this thing. is like, oh, I'm going to sit around and listen to chicks cry. Right. And I'm not a little, I'm not a chick that sits around and cries. So I thought, oh, I said, if I don't, if this doesn't, you know, get me in the first day or whatever, the first week, and I'm not coming back. So it got me. To tell you the truth, and I, don't, <laughs> I was the first one to cry. What so, what were they what were they doing? Can you be specific? They about... were very well. They were, did a very good job at their job for sure. Like they they sort of made it. It was I think there was five of us. There was supposed to be six, and it, it was just like in a, a circle, and it was a circle where you could say anything. Everyone took their turns, um, and it was really really validating for me to hear that there were other people that had the extensive PTSD that that I understand. When you say took their turns, you mean speaking about their issues? Yeah. Like, you know, why are you here? At first, you don't really say much, obviously. And, uh, but, but gradually, at the second or third weekend, it was just like everyone knew everything about each other. And then we started learning, like, what did you do? And, like, what did you do and uh, about it? Or how did it affect your life? And it was just, it's just a wonderful program. I'd, I'd recommend it to absolutely anybody. But uh, and it was run really... by what psychologists or psychiatrists yeah. or yeah, and was it sort of like a twelve-step program or? A... Okay, yeah, I guess you could look at it that way. You had fewer steps or what? Yeah, yeah. It was... Like, was it talking actually... all day? Did you sit around talking all day or did you? Oh uh... no, we did like uh, improvs and stuff like. Uh, we had to do like little, you know, find out what bothers you and just focus on that. They wouldn't let you, you know trail off in like into a rabbit hole right did they like, no, uh not there did they go um like art therapy or anything like that no uh that was my trip to what was it called help bellwood no i can't remember what it was called i went away <laughs> and uh <laughs> what the... yeah that involved art and uh i think i was there's myself and another person there and it was that last time military people actually went there where it went it where didn't, it didn't work. Uh, Homewood, and, and this was a rehab center. Yeah, and you went there because you were drinking too much. Well, that's what you'd think. So, but <laughs> but oh, here I know. Don't get me wrong. I was yeah up in arms. I was absolutely. I, I need this shit sorted out. Right. And but the program doesn't do that. Like I, I had a kid beside me that was strung out in heroin. Another kid strung out in coke. The group was just like, you guys don't get it uh, at all. I can't even, and actually to tell you the truth, I didn't even drink while I was there and they check our hands for shaking. I always passed. I was just like, I, I, I drink wine. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, yes, you I do. I just felt right out of place. And another police officer said the same thing. So then they started this little uh, first responders. That was actually a little bit better, but you couldn't get to the PTS part of the program because the first six weeks you had to go through this. Well, I couldn't do it. Like, I was just thought, I'm not, it's not, stupid to say, it's not structured. It's not, uh, you're not, I'm not 
you're not focusing on my actual needs. You're focusing on these addicts that are serious addicts. Yeah. And I'm like, cool. But you didn't, you didn't relate, you didn't relate to them in any way. Not at all. So I actually called back to base and I said, this isn't working. And then they finally realized that that place is not for first responders. And I said, well, that's fine. I said, I'll go to something that's first responders. And that's when we started seeking out like, you know, the VTN and, and the VTN so that is was what? My, the Veterans Transition Network. Okay, and that's did that was that sort of uh, along with the scan, the what the hell does scan stand for? Oh God, I never went to a scan. Sorry, mom, if you're listening, I have no idea. Mom's my only listener, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't remember what scan. Second Career Assistance. Uh, that's right. Networking or something. There you go. I've I've redeemed myself. So yeah, I didn't uh, <clears throat> I didn't go to that. <laughs> okay um because really what how i got out was was like i the day i left work was pretty abrupt i didn't ha- i didn't even think i was this was coming and uh i never went back to work so you were diagnosed with ptsd in what was it 2009 right on paper yeah okay yeah on paper um when you were diagnosed how did your how did your bosses in the military in general treat you uh, actually, most of them didn't have any clue. And, uh, no, I don't, I don't feel, I was at the school, so that's, that's a whole new planet on this, this, this right. solar system. So, you could really, if you were injured, you could really hide yourself there. Yeah. So, I didn't really have any bad reactions from people. Right, because uh, you were going through this at the time I was there for my PA training. Yeah, sorry, yeah, I had PTSD while I was teaching you. <laughs> <laughs> that might explain my... Could be a problem. That might, four PAs out there. That might explain my uh, psychiatry experience in uh, Winnipeg. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, I don't want to, That was a great, great place, by the way. Um, what did you get for... So your bosses didn't really know about it. Who within that circle did know about it? Like the oh, RSM must have known, I suppose. Yeah, but my, um, only because I told her. Right. Because you're not supposed to know, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, right. None of the school. The school knows everything. But, yeah. uh, you know, I went and chatted with her, and I said, this is the situation. And she says, is it going to affect work? I said, work's helping me. Right, it's Actually, keeping you out. It's, your mind it's distracted. helping me. I mean, the worst thing you can do is send me home on sick leave. Right. When I'm not at that point of, you know, where I need it. So that wasn't until about six years later when I just literally, I just got one up one day and someone fucking pissed me off and I said, I'm done. Threw in your release. Then I walked down the hall and I looked at my GP and I said, I'm done. And she sat back in her chair. She goes, it's about time. And that's when it really started flooding. What right. do you mean it's about time? And I got sent home. And I, you know, a month off or whatever it was to sort myself out to get really into my psychiatry appointments. And, and, uh, my boots are actually exactly the same place that I put them, took them off April 15th, 2005 or 15. And they're sitting up on the shelf. Oh, so you don't have them by the door or something. Uh... No, I have them up there. They just, I just look at them. They're dustier than hell, but <laughs> doesn't that I drive you know? crazy? No, I just look up up at at them at once in a while, and I'm thinking, yeah. It would drive drive me nuts seeing my boots up there, polished, getting uh, dusty. That's why I ended up taking them to 
wherever Value Village or Chuck and Moe or whatever I did with them. <laughs> I took everything else to Value Village. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, rid of my rucksack. your immediate job, uh, there was no issue with it. Overall, no. did the military deal with your, your uh, release well? Did uh, that all go well? No. No, no what happened there? Like I said, we eat our own. Um, so I, you know, got the date. You're going to be released. You're going to do your part one, part two medical. I'm like, okay. So I showed up and I'll give you an example of the new military. So I was sitting there talking to um, an old soldier that she, she was now um, commissioner. And all I kept hearing down the hallway, this is the new clinic. I had never really been in it. And uh, I kept hearing this, Joanne, Joanne. And I was like, Debbie, do you think that's me? And I looked down the hall and Joanne Robertson. Is that God talking to me by? <laughs> <laughs> and this little kid, I'd call him a kid. I And he goes, yeah, he goes, let's get it. Let's get on with it. He goes, I'm behind. He's the and doctor. Went, oh my God. I said, <laughs> okay, I'm right behind you, buddy. And by the time I got in the door, it was slammed. And I thought, I, the poor guy. I mean, I went one upside and down the other. And, uh, you know, the, the mean Joanne that comes out and he was just staring at me. I'm like, look at my trade. Like I said, and look at my rank. I said, don't you dare ever fucking treat anybody releasing the way you just did. Really? Oh, yeah. And I, I just said, now you want to do my ECG and take my fucking blood pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. They're going to fucking throw me in the hospital if you do that right now. I had a... Like, yeah, and then my then it was just I found it weird doing the last. Thank God I had a really, really, really fantastic doctor doing my 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 uh, part two because everything was in there. Good, good. Whereas I find a lot of soldiers just don't say anything because they don't want them to know, and then they're they're then they end up fighting with VAC. Yeah. Well, if you just like I know hindsight is twenty twenty. I was blessed with a good case manager in the clinic. I had a really good doctor. So I didn't even know Veterans Affairs did what they did. All of a sudden, I just kept getting these notices and stuff. And that's why when these people say I'm waiting for my claim, I have no clue about that. Yeah. I'm topped up. I, uh, I'm, I'm the same way. I've said it a couple times during these interviews. I have no uh, issues with VA at all. Um, no. I asked them to, uh, you know, stop sending me paperwork every month or whatever it was they're sending. I said, if my health changes, I have any needs, I'll contact you. And That's right. uh, so they stop sending out paperwork, but somebody picks up a phone every couple of months and checks in. How you doing? Chat, chat. You doing all right? How's your? And if they didn't, didn't they, people would bitch. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I've got, I'm not one of the guys that has any issues with them whatsoever. No, me neither. But my stuff was all done before I got out. That's, I so think that's the trick. Did you have a decent depart with dignity? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, you didn't feel like you were. All alone. No, but in I this. made I made it that the invitations were, you know, choosy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not me. I figured anybody wants to throw eggs at me the last day, come on down. Yeah, um, no, I chose I chose who went. Like I didn't really want, you know I didn't really want certain people there and they were bluntly not invited. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm sure the word got out there. Hey, I didn't get an invite. <laughs> no, it was actually pretty it was pretty low hut. <laughs> Uh, thanks a lot. I'm hanging up on you now. Um, <laughs> the uh, the medical and uh, mental health care you received. What what are your your points that first of all the negative points and what would you have them do to improve improve things? Uh, the ne- the first negative thing I can actually pops in my head is that we're, I, I'm medical. 
Right. That is one negative thing for people with PTSD if you're medical. Easy to hide. Um, we know the we know how to get around. We know it. the ins and outs. This is what I got to do. Uh, a lot of my saving grace was that uh, I didn't have any. I I was missing three discs in my back. So a lot of my medical issues looked like, oh, you got another appointment? Yep. But meanwhile, it wasn't it wasn't for my back. Right. And then, uh, well, they fixed that. So now I look like Einstein or Frankenstein on my back, which can't help that. <laughs> focus, anyways, Joanne, focus. Thank God <laughs> nobody can see it. <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, I think the first thing I can say is medically it was against me being a medical person. And... Mental health, I was lucky our base had good mental health. I can't speak for other bases, obviously. Mine had really, really good mental health, and I'm very thankful for that because I it took them a long time to crack crack me. Right. Um, what would you say could be, uh, and you're speaking on a, on a big picture thing, overall what could be done to improve, say, uh, the mental health care for soldiers with PTSD or anybody with PTSD? Mix it. Mix, I'd say mix it in, because one of the things I, I can only obviously speak on board, uh, our mental health was actually a different building. Right. So a lot of people called it, you know, you don't go down that road. Because, you know, it was, I'd say the best thing to do is just let it flow through exactly like how, what do they call them now, CDUs. Let it flow through normally. Stop making a big hype that, oh, you're going to go upstairs to do this. or Right. Don't. Or just make you feel, it make you feel like hiding. You shouldn't have to feel that way. You're creating a stigma by. Yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah, but that's I'm thinking back in the day too, and I, I know I know a lot of units out there that they're 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 working on it. Oh yeah. Well, the tempo was so high. I, yeah. uh, when I was at CSOR, Canadian Special Operations Regiment, um, the the temple was so bloody high and guys with stress injuries and uh mental health injuries weren't getting the time to rest and recover from you know one op before they were heading into another op um so the uh the burnout rate yeah. is relatively high and, and guys are definitely feeling the workload because the ta- the the motto is uh we will find a way and uh that comes into the cost know, sometimes right, right? That and a lot of people harmed themselves in that aspect because a lot of them just wanted to go back because their brothers were there. Absolutely. So we we uh, in the oh, this is especially with our new RCR they they want to go back. They, that that was one of the worst things was they, and it and that's an honest to god thing without throughout a lot of military these guys one of the best things is send them back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of positive um, outcomes have come from that. So obviously some not, but. Especially, I think, with the uh, infantry, you know, they... Combat arms in general. Combat arms in general, exactly. They, they're they out there with their buddies and brothers, and they, they're front line, you know, keeping us safe. And they, a lot of them had um, the well survivor guilt, for one thing. Yep. Found that a lot of that came in. And the other... Oh, I'll get out of that foxhole. Um, <laughs> back More of a foxhole than a rabbit hole. Yeah, the funny thing when I, I was at the clinic and I had to do, uh, you know, clinical time, obviously, to keep my skills up. So all the, within over a year of me doing that, I found all my patients were mental health patients. You were just... Because the doctors didn't know what to do with them. And they said, you're really good with them. Yep. Well, you well, could relate to... That's a sign right there. You, 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 yeah, you should have known right there. But you yeah. could... You could uh, 
um, sympathize and uh, have empathy yeah. for them. And even work with them together, like with myself and them. And then even the, the poor CDU clerks were getting like messages on, no, 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 I got to see Wart Robertson. Right. You know, it's like that's she's like, already got twelve appointments booked for today. Yeah, you're gonna have to, like, <laughs> you're gonna have to go somewhere else. Behind that too. Right. So, They're what about self? Another year to hide. <laughs> another year Stop to hide. Sending me all your mental health. What What did you do for uh, self care? Like, what helps and what doesn't help you? Like that you can do for yourself personally. And what What you did mean, you do? Like, like I'm within thinking the past, within the past year. I'm thinking. No, no. Well, I guess. Since being diagnosed with PTSD, um, did you, you know, exercise more? No. <laughs> I, was wait- <laughs> I was waiting for your response for that one. That's why I asked it I first. Had this, I, I was, you know, 17 years Petawawa. So I I always thought when I get out, I if I'm running, you better be running too because someone's chasing me. <laughs> uh, I hated PT with a passion. Like, it- I hated it. So no, no every time. Said, okay, so parents? not to focus on PT then. <laughs> so you didn't you didn't find PT uh, useful for your your. Uh, uh, I don't want to no. say recovery. Well, first of all, uh, a lot of my recovery was traveling. Traveling to to what? Down south. Oh, okay, so for uh, pleasure. Yeah, and I would really I would like read books, which I never do. I would really really. Lowered. No one expected anything from me there, right? And my kids are older, so they think I didn't. There's no worries there, and it was just. Uh, I spent more time, I think, on my balcony, just looking out, and I was happy and content with that. That's probably one thing I can actually say that really helped me was get out of your scene, get out of your scenario. Right. Like what? it's hard to get out of the house when you're in the, the brunt of it. Right. Like I didn't realize until maybe the past three years how much I avoided people. I, people would yeah, you're a pretty social creature. I, I, yeah, in general, I am, and I found I wasn't going anywhere. Like now, the grocery store was a big thing. Like it was just like going grocery shopping. I'm not going to go on this again this week. How'd you manage you know, going south? The what? How'd you manage going south and things like that, taking holidays? Like you said, it helped you. But it helps. But just going it out for did. mundane, mundane tasks was not something That's, that helped. No. So what? Uh, so your self care basically uh, um, consisted of traveling. Did that you, was one of them. Yeah. No, and, no and, PT. What about your diet? Anything about diet change? Did you follow? No, actually, I've actually. Well, eating was not in favor for about three years because I was drinking too much. Right, and you were just eating whatever was there. That's right, and so my my I was lacking nutrients. The poor mo that I had, she was just like, "You're you're drinking empty calories," you know. She goes, "You're not getting anything." And eating pizza crusts, like, you find true. laying around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then I started the old, uh, yeah. I'll take Pepto Bismol and Panalog for my stomach so I can get something down, and that was it. That was rough. I found that rough because you're not hungry, whether it was the drinking or just the anxiety. You just you weren't hungry. But you, you were starving. You were you, starving yourself to death, but you weren't eating. That's how I felt. What? Have you stopped drinking completely now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, last last uh, July 4th. Oh, wow. Now I may have a cooler, and but I'll mix it with lemonade. Right. Like, I have no desire, actually. I never had any. 
I did just I just stopped having desire. I had an episode it was they called it a disassociative episode where I lost a week of my life last year. Wow. And that sort of snapped me and said, "You get your shit together, Joanne." So and, no longer drinking. Good on you. Yeah, no. Still smoke. No one's taking that away from me. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm not even going to try. I know. <laughs> I won't get between you you and a pack of cigarettes or a mother bear and her cubs. Um, <laughs> the outcome's the hey, same. It's going to be ugly. <laughs> so self-care, you kind of, I went, I didn't you gave up I drinking. That was a big thing for self-care. No. You don't think giving up uh, drinking was a big part of self-care? Yeah, but that was the last year. Oh, okay. I'm, when you say that, I, I'm I'm thinking about when I'm in the, the the thrust of it. Right. And my psychologist said when I she's a wonderful lady. She has most of her clients are military from the school actually. <laughs> so yeah. she was she would always say, Joanne, you're looking terrible. And I'm just like, but I did my hair, <laughs> you know. And, she, and I went, I'm not a big makeup person because right. for what 29 years I don't wear makeup. Yeah. So. That's within the last year I can speak on self-care. It was, if you get up, get have a shower, get your makeup on, do your hair, and slowly and gradually, when I got into that regime, I started, because I looked good, so I felt better. Right. That was one big thing, if there's anybody out there that uh, needs a little lift, even if it's every second day. And I, I think that applies to everybody, but I don't want yeah. to sound like sexist here, but I think for women, no, 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 it's, it's a not. big, bigger deal. Yeah. Like if you look good, you, you feel good kind of thing. That's right. You know, you go leave your, get out of your track pants. Um, cause I know you're in them and you're watching TV. Oh, it's like you're, you're in my the living clock room. And you can't wait till, you know, this, this time of the day, because it's okay to drink that time of the day or whatever you're doing. I don't, I, none of my business, but. You got break a habit. Don't and don't try to do it fast. Right. Um, so what? I, and I'm thinking. I keep thinking back to times I saw you. You know, uh, you know the the funeral we were both uh, attended at, and uh, you know in Barrie or Borden, I should say, and just anywhere. You know, did I did I pick up on it? And did I just not not notice it? I don't know. Because, I mean, when we got together over the years, it was always having a few drinks. And, uh, yeah, and, and I, I can still do that. I know I wouldn't have an issue. Right. Oh, yeah. Like, if I, I don't like beer, believe it or not, I, I stop liking beer. But, no, I would have a, I would have my coolers in a bag, and I'd be completely content with it. All right. Like, I, guess I know I can still do that. What, what, what can others do for somebody who's uh, suffering through PTSD? Uh, like what family and friends do to help? Stop nagging. <laughs> what do you uh, What do you mean? You know, if you tell me to jump over the wall, I'd go around it. And that's just my personality. Right. Um, but like, I find that too many, and a lot of people say the same thing. Everyone just seems to be at you. And you can't change somebody overnight for one thing. And I uh, think for... But we're talking about people that know you, right? Yeah. People that know me are probably just like, really? And I actually had two girl, one girl and one guy come up to me um, a few years ago, and I said, 
you are the reason why I went to mental health. And I went, what? Because I knew them from Petawawa, and they were my troops in Petawawa, and then they're, you know, they're big kids now. But Yeah, they're uh, all grown up. That's right. You know, showing up on the PA course. But, yeah, I've been told a few times, like, you're the reason why, because if you went, then then I, I got to go. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, no. You're like, no. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah, I went. And I'm open I'm open about it after, you know, all said and done and me getting getting help. But you gotta realize, like, even us that always show the strong face. Right. To tell you the truth, throughout the years I'm finding that the people that had the stronger face and that had the most drive, when they suffer, I think it's a harder suffer because you're facing more than just well, it's you know who you are. It's exactly it's if if you all, especially within the military or police forces, like a paramilitary outfit like that, or probably EMTs of any any stripe, you, you have a certain self image, and when that that self image, that armor that you wear, it gets chinked away, uh, definitely. Uh, yeah. If if that you're a hard charger, I think it probably hits you hits you that much more. Yeah. Wow, it just it sort of blew me away when a couple of people said that. It's like, if you could go, I can go. Yeah. And that made me feel better, but but not in the sense. It's like, well, guys, I'm just, I think the stronger you are, and you, you hit the hardest. Right. Yeah. We were, yeah, the last time I think, no, the, no, the last time I didn't, wasn't uh, the funeral, it was in, in your backyard. Yeah. But yeah, that that also that that funeral was that that hit me hard too. Yeah, that was uh, that, that took down a few bricks. Let's not go down that one. No, we're not. But <laughs> I'm but, saying it knocked down a part of the wall for sure. Yeah, and that's when you were kind of looking at, "Wow, I need some help." Oh, for sure. Or more. Or I was in help at the time, but then I got even more. I got more um, talkative and. You know, this is how I'm feeling and talking about my feelings, which is not, you know, doesn't follow, follow my personality. But I I knew right then, right then and there, if we lost that buddy of ours like that, yeah. uh, I'm not going down that rabbit hole. Right. And so it, so, it, so it, it helps in that sense. I, I'm going to be blunt here for a moment. Um, Absolutely. So his, his suicide um, sort of said to you, there's no way I'm... I'm going down that uh, that route. That's right. And had I you been had you been cons- had you been considering yes. that as a as an option, a suicide as an option? No, no. I've actually never have. So you you've actually uh, you don't really have any complaints about anything. Like, well, except that I'm not the same person as I used to be. No, absolutely not. But I mean, that's the, the system. Big thing I know everyone's not the person that they used to be, but I'm really saying I'm not. Right. Like I um I held it in for too long, which made me fall harder, um, made it longer to get to, to get better. Um, the guilt I had to look after the guilt was the one of the things that came out of the um transition network. Uh it's the guilt. Guilt of um, what, letting people down or letting yourself down? Letting people down, but it was a lot of it has to go back to Rwanda to we did a lot of wrong things. In what and, respect? Like medically, you can't throw QL5s in a pharmacist, you know, overnight in 12 hours with 80 people and half of them <laughs> are dying. 
And like yeah. I had corporals coming up to me going, what should I do with this med? Well, yeah. look it up. You yeah. know, look it up. I have no idea. Abs- absolutely. And I'm, I'm sort of glad I missed that one. I, I was posted over the Airborne Regiment who are at the time. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and the, uh, um, I, I never got to uh, go to Rwanda. And the more and more guys that I know that went to Rwanda that came back um, scarred, mentally scarred, and, and eventually um, uh, labeled as having PTSD. I mean, I'm, I dodged the ball there, I guess. You were, you were lucky. And it, well, you know what? And turn it around, I, I dodged the ball with Afghanistan. Yeah, that was... And I think that if they would have sent me to Afghanistan, I would have, probably would have cracked there. Yeah, that was a that was an experience. I'm glad I didn't miss. Um, yeah, <clears throat> no, glad. Yeah, same thing. It's, but Rwanda was, it's, and especially when I was being taught in the PA course, me going through and learning all these medical things that are way above above our grade when we went to Rwanda. Yeah, you guys and did I some amazing things. And we killed a lot of people over there. You also helped a lot of people as well. Oh, we did. No, I'm proud of what we did. But that was a realization, too. Yeah. So I guess a question, do you think PTSD is curable? No. No, what do you, what do you, how do you think it? I, tr- uh... I, I, I don't want to put it in this league, but in this sort of um, branch off. But it's like if you're a drinker, you know, and you ups and downs, up and downs, you have your bad times. And all of a sudden you wake up and you think, no, I got to get my shit together. You're always going to be an alcoholic. You're always going to be a recovering alcoholic. So I'm. We're all gonna, you know, be recovering PTSD victims. We're not gonna say, "Oh, I'm cured. Got the cure. There's, you know, this magical potion worked for me." Well, not all. It, it takes a long time for people to figure out what I call them potions. You know, <laughs> put this one in, take that one out. Like that was years of doing that. That did not help. But uh, it's almost like when you find your 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 drug. You're good. Right. Like you're good that way, but you still have it. Like it's always in the back of my head. I still have it. I still have like there's smells I still can't smell. That's not going to go away. Yeah. Um, sights and especially sounds. Uh, a lot of people might not, might not agree with me on this one, and a lot of people I know do. Um, Val or uh, Remembrance Day, I sit in my living room. I. I make the day just go away, but not in an insulting way. No, I sit no. and I watch. I, well, Ottawa was my huge one. I watched Ottawa because I felt better to watch Ottawa. I didn't want to watch Petawawas because then I knew too too many people. And yeah. and I would just, oh, I would pay full respect. But I, that was where people would say, oh, you want to come with me here? No, no. Well, anybody that would accuse you of uh, not taking uh, Remembrance Day seriously can get fucked. <laughs> I, I I know you well, and uh, I know you wouldn't uh, pay those kind no. of disrespects, and you needed to get through it and yourself. And I didn't do it in that way because I would explain why I was doing it. Yeah, well, it's none of their you goddamn know, business. To, why? Not only that, but if I want to snot cry, I'd rather be sitting, you know, <laughs> in my own living room by myself. And I, it's just something that's very personal, personal to me, because it's a real wake-up call when, you know, for how many years, Steve, did we look on parade and you're thinking about all those vets in the World War One, and World War Two, Korea? Now, now you're thinking about all the guys friends. you knew. Yeah. My friends. And it's just, 
and then I feel bad because you're still supposed to think of the uh, and I so I try to think of them all encompassed and I try to think of everybody and their everybody's name and I just do it privately now. Yeah. A lot of people love it and go out with their you know and I they need nah, it. I don't need it. Yeah. I need to do that. And this year obviously was a hurdle because there was no uh Remember you know Day. big bang show. I still watched it. It was nice. Yeah. It's, it was good. Well, I gotta say, you, you, you've, you've always been probably one of the most positive people I've known. Um, <laughs> e- even even when it's shit, and uh, you're, you're still putting a positive spin on it. So I, I can't I, I can't think of you any other way, really. Um, well, it's like it's I've, like a piece of shit. You have to die, you know, dissect it, and you're gonna find something cool in it. <laughs> yes, somewhere <laughs> along the way. I, I well, guess that, that, I, I, the way you described, yeah, I always found like something good out of everything because I know that there always is. But I, and I also hid behind that a lot too, so it didn't really help. It was a good thing, but it wasn't. It wasn't a good thing in the end because everyone had this opinion of me. So, so you know, to to sort of sum sum up what you said thus far, um, you had PTSD. You. Ended up seeking PTSD because of a doctor saying you need some help. You yeah. you knew you had some help, but you internalized it for so long. But you finally sought help. Um, you went went through the programs, uh, talking talking to other uh, travel and talking to like minded people. Would you say? Um, yes. That have have you know similar issues or problems. You find that helpful. The, yeah. Very. Um... The two years ago, myself, well, I'm not going to name drop. Okay, so myself, another fella, and another girl, we all went to Rwanda together, and the female and I went to Somalia together also. But we had, uh, a year or so before that, we got I got invited by, um, I don't know, another retired medical person, and they had a resort in the Philippines. Oh, uh, yes. And they were trying to make a sort of a, a program for healing vets and first responders. And they asked me, well, can you, you want to come and be the first in the first course or whatever program? Right. So I, I couldn't believe it. I went, yep. And then I really regretted it for the longest time. You're thinking, Oh my God, that's 24 hours flying. That's this. <laughs> so anyways, I said, let Lynn, I told the other two, I said, let's just go. And we did, we did for three weeks and it was outstanding. You know, there was bumps in the road because of the new program. Yeah. But uh, I think they have it down pat now. I think they had their, their third. And it, it's, if I could recommend that, but unfortunately nobody covers it yet. Like, you don't get money from Wounded Warrior. Right, anything. right. But really, it was only like $2,000 for three weeks, all in. Yeah. So I had no, uh, that really helped being with, I love being with people that understand it. Right. So that's and, definitely uh, helpful. And the dark humor. Oh yes. Anybody else sitting around, they'd be looking at me like horrific of what we're saying. But to us, it's just normal. Right. Um, and I'm not giving any examples, but I'm just saying it's. Yeah, no, it's uh, dark. there's. It can be pretty definitely. Dark. There's a story a guy told me about uh, uh, Afghanistan and flying a patient patient out, and uh, we're we're almost under an hour here, so I can tell this story. The. Uh, the guy stepped on a mine, lost both of his uh, legs, and uh, he goes to the medic. He goes, Doc, I've lost my legs, right? And Buddy says, yeah, you've lost them. And uh, he said, we're flying to uh, Kandahar, right? Yeah, yeah, we're going to Kandahar. There's nurses there in Kandahar? Yeah. 
Would you mind giving my dick a couple of pumps so it doesn't look so small? <laughs> <laughs> that that was his worry. Not that his legs are gone, but that's I kind had of an American soldier near my balls still there, and I'm, I said, so I you know lifted up the blanket. Well, they weren't, but I went absolutely. I said, "You're looking stunning down there, buddy." <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then he passed away. <laughs> I gave him that last inch of hope. So, yeah, it's all your junk's there, man. Yeah, well, that that's that's slightly different than the black sense of humor that guys have. <laughs> um, but it's true; it you definitely have that, and uh, but you also have a general general deep, good sense of humor that everybody can appreciate. So I'd say one of the things you've done for self care is keep your sense of humor. Yeah, that's true. I, that is true. I can, I, yeah, I, I'm still the same Joe in the sense that, you know, find something good out of everything. And if you do that every day or another, another really good route to take, if you're, if you're up to it, cause people are all different was, um, before I went to bed every night, I would write down three tasks for the next day, even if it was minuscule. And I had to tell myself, you must do two of these tomorrow. And if you make three... Now, it took a while to get into the routine of that, obviously. Yeah. But I found that helped. And now I saw that shit was getting done. So that was a bump more of a bonus, too, because, oh, I, yeah, things are getting done. But it took a long time to get into the habit of it. But it was Well, you're regimenting yourself again. That's right. You know, it's like being in, in prison when you're in the military that long. You become kind of institutionalized, and uh, you need you need certain structure sometimes, or a lot of people do. Yeah, I did. I didn't make a very good city. <laughs> what? Um, I already know the answer to this one. Uh, I think. Would you recommend the military as a career? Absolutely. Why? Uh, because push all that aside. Push all the shit and the crap, bad leadership, you name it. Put it all aside into another, you know, another chart. And the good that. Uh, came out of it was you'll yeah i would i would never replace it the camaraderie my my friends even if i don't see them like the two i went to uh away with i hadn't even seen them in 12 15 years and it did not matter no it's amazing how quickly that those feelings of bonding and yeah, comradeship come just back pick up where you left off yeah and for see yeah, and, and i have a wide variety of friends because i i got along with a lot of guys yeah um because I just, I was just always one of the, what are they, this one of the guys, one of the boys. Because I came with the boys, I came with, and I'm not name dropping, but you know who I'm talking about, the clan. Yeah. Which was why I was part of the uh, uh, burial funeral, and I've always prided myself in that. Yeah. Because I, and know, and when they all came down with that pop honor or whatever, I had a few guys actually contact me and ask me. You know, did anything like that ever happen to me? Yeah. And I always insulted. Yeah. I said, did you fucking think that? And I'm like, no, not everybody's in that position. I feel horrible for those that are. Yeah. But I might, like, especially in the Airborne Regiment, we were treated like gold. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you weren't you weren't one to shirk your responsibilities. Yeah, we were treated like gold. And, and again, I think your sense of humor helped get you through that. Although it didn't always seem to help you get through the BFT. I remember you looking pretty ragged on at least one occasion coming across that finish line for the basic fitness test. Was that with the Airborne Regiment? Uh, I can't remember. Was a, you that looked terrible. Your fucking helmet was askew. Your kit was like a gypsy 
<laughs> trading I wagon. Never fell out. <laughs> you didn't, I but you looked like you were about to out. die when you crossed that finish line. <laughs> oh no, yeah. Well, you should, the one um, we had to do before we went to Somalia, I overheard people in the UMS. No names. Uh, let's try to get the split asses out. Really? And I thought, yeah. That, and at first, I actually didn't know what that was at first, but then I was like. <laughs> What? I always thought it was and a I weird told, term myself. I told a couple of the other girls that they said, we are not stopping. And of course, the airborne regiment shuffled. Ran and shuffled and ran and shuffled, and they were always in competition of who's going to get it done faster. Yeah. So I'll tell you, Steve, I gave my firstborn up before I had her getting that done. <laughs> and Scotty Collins, Lord love me, he's a name drop I'll do. Uh, Lord loved me. He was at the end because he just loved the couple, the few of us. And he just goes, good on you. And I looked right at him. I said, like, fuck, I'm digging that hole or carrying anybody. And I went straight to my car. And it was standard. And I couldn't even drive. <laughs> I, I, I was that person that if you said I couldn't do it, well. You found a way to do it. Yeah. Now, anyways, on that note, I'm going to leave you with the last word. What... Uh, what is it you'd like to say or get across to people who are um, dealing with PTSD or helping somebody with living with somebody with PTSD? Well, somebody with PTSD, and if you if you really have little like a lot of symptoms and harsh memories, and and you, uh, obviously you're not seeing the right person. My first advice would be if you're not getting better, if you're not feeling better, even a little bit, you may not have the right combination of support psychiatrist or psychiatry okay if that's not going good and you're not getting better change it uh, right. i've seen a lot of people do that it's made, it's made a big big difference um caregivers well see i was both that didn't help either right. um which actually made it worse I don't know what to tell tell the caregivers to tell you the truth. Support them. Uh, I know it's, I could I could imagine how frustrating it is, but seek help yourself. Do not think you're the only he he or she's the only one suffering. You're not you Teflon. Are, they should thing. also seek help. That's good solid There's advice so many right there. And stuff out there. I, yeah, caregivers should not be in the background. They should actually be in the forefront. So if you're the wife or husband of somebody that's going through some serious PTSD issues, make sure you address it with your doctor and maybe get yourself some help as well as what you're saying. Yeah, because if you don't, you're, you're no help to them. Right. And if you don't learn the whole, the whole you know, regime of PTSD and how it's a vicious circle and how you can pop out of it and then pop back in, education is a good thing, but they got to look after themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And if they do that, they're better off, you know, with their spouse and they're better off if they have kids, even kids, kids should. There's oh. programs that kids can go on families. Or they, there's programs out there. They're, sometimes they're hard to find. But uh, even if you Google, there's a lot in every province. There's horse therapy. I don't like horses. So that, that wasn't for me. But uh, <laughs> there's things out there. You have to find them. You don't if you don't feel like you're getting any better with the doctor that you're with or the meds that you're on, then change, get it, go somewhere else. Well, that's good, solid advice to end on. Um, I'd like to thank you again, Joanne. Uh, hey, no problem. Stay on the line after I uh, hang up there. We'll talk for a couple minutes. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, then we'll talk to real shit. <laughs> so I'd like to say, say to mom, 
if you're actually listening. Uh, enjoy life now because you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And I would say to you, Joanne, uh, hum uh, a little help from my friends as you're going out because I can't play it anymore because of copyright infringement. <laughs> and I don't want to go to jail again. All right. For what? Copyright infringement. Oh, I got you. I got you. They I take that you. shit seriously. I went to jail. They treated me well. I went to jail and had my own cell, so it's all right. I was all right. <laughs> all right. Rabbit much. hole, rabbit hole. I'm trying to say bye here. <laughs> all right. I'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks again, all. Yeah, and awesome. Okay, bye. Tune into Rockets Bacchus. Cheers.